The New York Rangers have hired Christian Hamora to be their new skills and performance development coach. We discuss Hamora replacing the maligned Mark Siaccio. We also talk about some New York Ranger prospects such as Brian Offman and Gabe Perot and several others. All this and much, much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 882 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so, yeah, going to go ahead and uh, kick off today's episode talking about the newest hire to the New York Ranger coaching staff. And that would, of course, be 36-year-old Christian Hamora. Now, we did talk about this a little bit at the tail end of yesterday's episode, but want to spend a little bit more time on it today. Who is Christian Hamora? Uh, how did he, uh, you know, go through the, the ranks and uh, end up as a member of Peter Laviolette's coaching staff uh, with the New York Rangers? And there was a tweet that went out yesterday, Monday, from Molly Walker. Uh, in that tweet, we learned that Hamora is indeed joining the Ranger coaching staff as a skills and performance development coach replacing Mark Siaccio, the much maligned Mark Siaccio. You know, it's hard to get a whole lot of Ranger fans, especially in the Twitterverse, to agree on a whole lot of anything. But I think one thing that Ranger fans seem to have in common is they're less than thrilled uh, with the performance of Mark Siaccio, especially when you look at some of the young Ranger players, maybe not quite reaching the levels that we want them to get to. I'm not going to lay all this at the the feet of Mark Siaccio and put all the blame on him. But the bottom line is, uh, I think most Ranger fans do agree, and I would include myself in this, that his performance leaves something to be desired at least a little bit. And again, we could argue how much blame should fall on him and how much should not fall on him. Uh, but the bottom line, the Rangers are going in a different direction here, hiring Christian Hamora. Now, Siaccio, he will remain with the New York Rangers, but he will be in a new role as prospect development skills coach. Now, I was able to uh, you know, go back, read the article from Molly Walker that gives us all the detail uh, about Hamora and everything going on with Siaccio and his demotion, which, I mean, by and large, they're not calling it a, de- a demotion, but I think we could all pretty much agree that uh, that's what this is. And uh, he's out and Christian Hamora is in. What was interesting about this, and I learned this in uh, Molly Walker's article, is that per this article, Siaccio himself is the one that asked for this. I guess he no longer wanted to be in that role, which is interesting because I have so many questions here. So if he did not ask for this uh, demotion or did not ask the Rangers to no longer be in this role, my biggest question here is, would the New York Rangers have done anything? Would they have made a move? Would they have looked at Siaccio and his job performance over the past few years and said, you know what? It's time to go in a different direction. You can stay with the organization, but we want somebody else in this role. Or if Siaccio didn't bring this to their attention and didn't request, you know, doing something else within the organization, would the Rangers have just continued to go with Siaccio for this upcoming year, the next year, five years from now, 10 years from now? I mean, it's impossible to know for sure, but uh, I think it's a question that, you know, naturally you read something like that and it kind of pops into your head like, Okay, so what would have happened if he did not ask, you know, to be reassigned, quote unquote, uh, within the Ranger organization? And the other question that I have is, was this a way for the Rangers to just kind of allow him to save face? Like they went to him and told him, like, listen, we're going to demote you. We don't want you in this role anymore. Uh, But if you want, you know, we can make it sound like you asked for this and it was a mutual agreement. 
I don't know. I mean, it's impossible to know for sure, but um, I, I do think it's probably time for there to be a new person in this role, and uh, it's going to be Christian Hamora. And as far as Hamora is concerned and his track record, you know, throughout uh, his work in hockey, he most recently was the head coach and hockey director of the Chicago Mission, which is a AAA youth hockey club. Uh, while he was there, he coached 13 to 15-year-olds. He was also a scout for one year, 2014-2015, with the Moncton Wildcats of the QMJHL. And I found this interesting as well. Uh, Hamora also owns his own development program. It is called Hamora Hockey Development. And this is a little excerpt right from the website itself. Uh, it kind of just describes, you know, everybody that works there and obviously Christian Hamora among the staff. And this is what it has to say about Christian Hamora. I don't know if he wrote this himself or uh, somebody that works there did, but this is what it says straight from the website. Christian Hamora is a renowned skating and skills coach as well as the owner of Hamora Hockey Development. Christian's background and expertise extends from his current and past positions as a hockey director and head coach of many different levels and age groups. Christian has trained some of the most elite players in the world. He routinely works with players from many different NHL teams in the offseason to develop diverse skating techniques and skill acquisitions. Hamura Hockey Development was founded on Christian's core principle ba- Core principle being a well-versed skater creates the time and space to utilize the skills that you practice day in and day out. Christian's coaching accolades include assisting in the development of dozens of players advancing to professional and NCAA. And I think for me, and I I probably have this in common with a lot of uh, you as well, the thing that kind of stands out is the part about skating. I think there are some Players on the Rangers, particularly young players on the Rangers who could stand to improve uh, as far as their skating is concerned. And if this is somebody that can come in here and help with that area of the game, it's a huge part of the game. And I think, you know, you look at guys like Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, if they're able to kind of take that next step with their skating, I, I think, you know, it, it's going to lead to uh, better results for them this upcoming season. Obviously, uh, look, we're, we're playing in an era where you need to be able to skate. I mean, it, we're past the point where you know, there's certain guys that play in the NHL who are just like in goon roles and you know guys that just don't really aren't very good skaters. I mean, the, the coaching and everything, the training, everything that goes into being an NHL player is just so advanced compared from what it used to be. Um, if you're not a good skater, if you don't know what you're doing as far as skating is concerned, then odds are you're going to be falling behind. And if uh, if Amora can come in here and help with that area of the game with the Rangers, then I'm all for it. I, I think you know that's something to look out for this season. Watch some of these players in the Rangers, especially the young players, see if their skating improves. And they may be working on it on their own. So they themselves, you know, they have to be the biggest reason why they improve in any area of the game, skating included. But uh, Hamora, again, it kind of sounds like his calling card and what he's known for and what he's kind of acclaimed for here is the ability to coach people when it comes to skating. So I'm all for that. That was music to my ears uh, when I was able to to read that and find that out uh, about Hamora. Uh, as far as Hamora, you know, his playing days, he was a forward when he played hockey. I uh, went on Elite Prospects because as I've talked about, I swear, man, that this website, they start tracking people from the second they, you know, lace up a pair of skates. But they don't have a whole lot on Hamora. Uh, they obviously have him listed as retired, which he is. Uh, per Elite Prospects, though, he most recently played for the Springfield Junior Blues of the NAHL in 2006-2007. Played in 37 games nine goals, and 12 assists. And yeah, information about him as a player is pretty scarce, but you know what? That doesn't really mean a whole lot. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of coaches were 
players in the NHL or at least played at a pretty high level of professional hockey. It's not a prerequisite, though. Uh, we've seen, you know, John Cooper never play in the NHL. Hasn't stopped him from being a very successful NHL head coach. And, you know, obviously, Hamora is not going to be a head coach, but uh, getting his feet wet as far as, you know, his first um, his first go around here in the NHL. And just kind of a fun fact, you know, I found out that he was 36 years old, and that kind of stood out to me because, you know, you hear that, and you just think that's young for an NHL coach, you know, whether it's a head coach or an assistant coach, whatever it might be. But the fun fact, he is going to be younger than two of the players on the New York Rangers. He is younger than Blake Wheeler. He is younger than Jonathan Quick. So just kind of an interesting, uh, quirky little fact there uh, as far as Hamora is concerned. But you know, the Ranger coaching staff after this hire seems to be set. Obviously, you got LaViolette, you got Phil Housley, uh, Michael Pekka, Dan Muse, and now Christian Hamora. I do like how it feels like there's an interesting blend here as far as, you know, experience is concerned, as far as age is concerned, as far as, you know, what these guys bring to the table, what their uh, hockey mindsets are. Um, you know, you look at Phil Housley, and he's somebody that he was a player in the NHL, obviously, and spent two years as the head coach of the Sabres. Didn't really work out there. Spent a couple seasons with the Arizona Coyotes as an assistant coach. Didn't really work out there. So uh, he's getting an opportunity to coach what is uh, by far, I would say, the best NHL team that he's ever coached. And again, he's an assistant coach, not the head coach, as he was in Buffalo. But still, I think this is a way for him to kind of build his resume back up and just kind of an old school guy uh, to have on the coaching staff. You've got Michael Pekka. Obviously, there's familiarity there with Peter Laviolette. They were together with the New York Islanders for a couple of years. Peter Laviolette even made him the team captain. And, you know, Pekka, just a gritty player who kind of willed himself to be whatever he ended up being in the NHL, which was a really solid player and uh, somebody that had, you know, an, an interesting mix. I think of him more as kind of like a gritty, scrappy player, but it's not like he couldn't produce points either. So uh, you got Michael Pekka on the staff. Uh, Dan Muse, you know, he... Seems like the guy who kind of takes a modern approach as far as like analytics are concerned. But, um, you know, just based on everything that I've read about him and quotes that I've seen uh, from Muse himself, yeah, he will look at that those things, you know, analytics and whatnot, but he's not paralyzed by them. I think at times in sports, we're getting to a point where people are just paralyzed by analytics. They can't think straight. They can't use their brains. They have to check a chart for every little thing that they do. And, um, you know, the results aren't always there when you do that. So Muse somebody that, you know, he'll look at analytics, but again, not completely paralyzed or or married to them. Uh, and now you've got Hamora, again, a younger coach who's obviously had success with youth players. He doesn't have the experience that a lot of these other guys do, never play in the NHL, never coach in the NHL, but that's okay. You don't need every single person on your coaching staff to have just a wealth of experience in the NHL. And I mean, look, Peter Laviolette's got a ton of experience. Phil Housley has a ton of experience. Michael Pekka. A uh, ton of experience as a player, more so than a coach, but a ton of experience nonetheless. And Dan Muse has been an assistant coach in the past as well. So if we have one guy that, you know, hasn't really done anything in the NHL, that's okay. He can still help the Ranger team. And, uh, you know, again, I'm very helpful that, or very hopeful that he can be helpful uh, to, uh, you know, just assist some of the Rangers as it pertains to uh, their skating in particular, but obviously just all around game as well. Overall, this seems like a good hire and um, we'll see what happens. You know, obviously uh, the, the book is yet to be written here and, um, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I, I do like this coaching staff that the Rangers have put together uh, in the offseason here behind Peter Laviolette. We'll keep everything rolling in just a second. We're actually going to switch, switch our attention to some of the New York Ranger prospects. We're going to take a look uh, at a segment from Locked On NHL Prospects. Uh, those guys do an awesome job keeping tabs uh, of prospects all around the NHL, all 32 teams. We're going to see what they had to say about the New York Ranger prospects, and I'm going to have my reaction to that uh, after you know we play that segment. We're going to do all that good stuff in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know, 
Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about, and now I've been on it for about 16 months, and I drink it literally every single morning. It's basically the first thing I do once I get out of bed. I love drinking it before I record Locked on Rangers, before I go to my day job, before I do anything active, uh, you name it. Everything is better uh, when you drink a glass of AG1 to start your day. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. AG1 helps you build your health foundation first. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally could not be any easier, which is why I trust AG1. I just mix one small scoop with water and drink it first thing each morning, done and done. I also like the fact that it costs less than $3 a day. Pretty darn good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with high quality source ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network and check it out. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank everybody, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, you're going to want to stick around. We're going to continue our offseason series, best and worst case scenario, where we take a look at every single player that is expected to make the opening night roster for the New York Rangers. Having a lot of fun uh, doing that. We've already covered the goalies and the defensemen. So if you missed that, you can go back and check out those episodes. Going to be moving along uh, to the forwards in the near future here. Very much looking forward to that. For right now, though, let's go ahead and uh, once again, shift our attention to Ranger prospects. And specifically, uh, we're going to play a video in just a second here. It's about eight or nine minutes. It features Haiti Kalakech and Sebastian High from the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast. And basically what, they, what they're doing throughout this entire offseason is they are ranking all 32 NHL teams as far as uh, the team with the least amount of, you know, promising prospects to the team with the best prospect pool. And, uh, a little bit of a spoiler here, but they rank the Rangers at number 25. And that's kind of interesting in its own right. Um, I'm going to have more thoughts about that in just a second. Uh, but let me just say, uh, Haiti and Sebastian, these guys do an unbelievable job. You know, obviously we're Ranger fans and we're aware of some of the big name prospects that are in the pipeline for the Rangers. Uh, but to be able to do this for all 32 teams and keep track of the development of all these guys and the upcoming draft and what round this guy might be taking and what player does he kind of, uh, you know, compare to that's already in the NHL to be able to do this and stay on top of this kind of stuff. Very, very impressive. So uh, Haiti and Sebastian doing just an awesome job uh, keeping tabs on all these prospects and ranking all 32 NHL teams. Uh, just great stuff all around. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So I'm going to go ahead right now and uh, play that video uh, of Haiti and Sebastian talking about uh, some New York Ranger prospects. Enjoy. All right, so moving on to our second segment in team number 25 in our countdown of the best prospect pools in the NHL, we've got the New York Rangers. Now, the Rangers just recently added Gabe Perot, who's a very polarizing player, uh, which is very surprising because even among the public sphere, usually the guys in the public sphere like the very intelligent, very good playmaking kind of undersized uh, player who a lot of teams usually shy away from but this year was kind of the opposite we saw a lot of public boards and a lot of a lot of people who are in touch with 
the um, the private sphere, the, the the NHL teams have them a lot higher in their rankings and in their projections than the public sphere. So for Gabe Perot, what's the main difference for you? Um, and, and why is the projection different than with other players with similar profiles from, from previous years? He's a fascinating case study, and I I think I I was I held so many different positions on him throughout the season. Uh, yeah. With the more viewings I got, I, I don't know if there's a single player that I watched more video on than Gabe Perot, just because he mm-hmm. made me want to tear my hair out in terms of not understanding or struggling in a, a how to rank him based off of weighing his projection and the skill, and it's yeah. just two very very different things. Gabe Perot was among the most skilled, most intelligent, uh, most electrifying players in the entire draft class. Uh, this is a player who p- can probably outthink every single draft eligible in 2023, not named Bedard or Michkov. Yeah. And, uh, and he has the handling skill to match, truly elite skill. He is a tremendous playmaker, uh, incredibly deceptive. In the offensive zone, uh, he is... Uh, really really fun that said i do think that he benefited a lot from his situation he is a player that despite all of his skill and handling ability is at his best when not touching the puck too much he is great off the puck defining soft ice in the offensive zone but he's the type of player that is a bit of a conduit on his line rather than like the the puck carrier and uh that really benefited him in that context of playing with Will Smith and uh, Ryan Leonard. Yeah. But it brings some question marks on how he will project when he's not playing with those two specific players that mm-hmm. really facilitate his style of play. Uh, he's also, he's, he's a poor skater. That is one of the biggest question marks in his projection. And I think uh, you and I definitely agree on that. It's a poor stride, uh, lacks power. He lacks strength. The combination of lacking physicality and skating as a small player is uh, concerning in terms of projection. That said, I ranked him 21st overall. I think that the risk is worthwhile because I think the upside is a complimentary first-line player Mm -hmm. uh, who can match the intelligence of pretty much any player in the league uh, on on first lines. So I, I... I liked the pick for the Rangers. I was surprised by it. I did, I did not expect New York to be the team to like swing on him. Yeah. Uh, but he did fall a little bit further than I expected him to because we we were seeing some NHL sources saying like this is a top 10 talent for sure. Mm-hmm. And he didn't go top 10. And yeah. uh, I think in the end, he went a lot closer to where I would have been comfortable taking him. So I mm-hmm. thought that was an excellent pick for New York. Definitely a risk. He's not a guaranteed NHLer, let alone a guaranteed star. But the upside here is really significant. For sure. No, I, I definitely agree. And I think that he complements a guy like Brennan Offman really well um, sure. in terms of skill sets. You've got a guy like Brennan Offman in the in the system who is probably one of the best goal scorers outside of the NHL. I mean, his shot is ridiculously heavy and accurate. Um, and on top of that, he's one of the best at shooting off receptions. Um, very, very quick release and doesn't need a perfect pass to set it up and 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 shoot it, which is just... It's awesome to see him go about it. There's a reason he's played with the likes of Connor Bedard and and et cetera at, at, at international tournaments. He's just a very, very solid uh, player in terms of what he brings to the game. Um, and, you know, for me, that combination is what puts him slightly ahead of the other two, uh, the other the other team that we've mentioned so far in Edmonton. Um, there's also a couple other guys that I really, really like. Like, I, th- I think Adam Shakora's pickup in the second round last year 
was probably one of the best pickups of the of last year's draft. I'm a huge fan Shikora. of this game. Probably the best for me was the best defensive player in the 2022 draft. Wow. Like I I I like Yuri Kulik. I like what what he brings to the game. But for me, Adam Shakora is defensive, defensive forward, person. defensive player. Oh yeah, no defensive forward. Let's okay, yeah, I was like, I was, yeah. I was like defensive player. I was like, that is a hot take. But no, I'm no, for not it. at all. It's really just you know, in terms of of defensive forwards. Yeah, I've never seen a player say to to the media when they ask him what his favorite part of hockey is, respond with penalty killing and blocking shots. That was his answer <laughs> to insane. media. It's it's, it's he, he's his mindset yeah. is ridiculous defensively, and that's one thing I really like out of Shakora. Um, but Shakur is one of those guys that I feel like you can plug into a bottom six extremely well and they'll project really well, but I don't see a skill set beyond that. It's just when you when you're that good defensively, you can rely on that exclusively and become a fantastic defensive forward at the NHL sure. level, the type of guy that wins cups for your team. Um, there's a couple other guys like Brett Berard, who I think has a very alluring skill set. He's a very sure. skillful, very dynamic, and very energetic Intense. player. He's the, the intensity is off the charts. Yeah. yeah. And you've got guys like Will Cooley as well, I think is really interesting in terms of the profile that it brings to the game, a great playmaker and connector. Um, but nothing, they don't have a player who I feel is complete enough that you can sh- for sure see them have a complete 200 foot effort level, 200 foot game and be able to produce offensively. I don't think they have any of that. Perot is certainly not that. Offman is certainly not that. Bryce McConnell Barker being their best center in terms of prospects is not yeah, good that's not um, ideal he's, he's not a great skater uh he's yeah. he's a bit limited in what he can do um no, i think absolutely. best case scenario the bottom six guy maybe because mm-hmm. the playmaking's in good mm-hmm. but everything else to me is a bit of a question mark with bmb i do like the shot though i, I can't the shot's good I, yeah i'd be i'd be remiss to it's not heavy. mention it, that he's it's heavy yeah. but he needs so much space to get it off which to me is just concerning in terms of projection but no, exactly. uh, yeah, I think, I think and I don't necessarily how, see. Yeah, I don't necessarily see any goaltenders in their pool as well that really kind of allure me. Kind of, Olaf Lindbaum was interesting when he got drafted, but it's been a rough time for him so far. He's been a sub 900 save percentage goaltender in the ECHL this year, which is not yikes. ideal. Yeah, yeah, and defensively, he's kind of getting empty now that Braden Schneider and Zach Jones are considered graduates. So that's what leaves them outside but really in terms of the fours they have it is pretty interesting they have a lot of individual pieces with very particular skill sets complementary skill sets but they don't have players exactly no centers that are are really showing interest i mean Ryder korchak is fine as well it's just for me the main issue with them is the lack of center center depth the lack of defense depth and the lack of goal taking depth because they're good on wingers for the next like 10 years um (laughs) But like I mentioned, all their wingers have different skill sets, and none of them overlap. I don't see Brennan Offman ever contributing defensively, Gabe Perot either. I don't yeah. see Brennan Offman developing playmaking like Gabe Perot's. I don't see Adam Shakura developing neither the playmaking nor the goal scoring of Gabe Perot or Brennan Offman. They have no overlap in terms of the prospects they have, which is very weird for me. Yeah. Um, but listen, Gabe Perot was the best... And is is the best NTDB scorer in the in the program's history. So yeah. we got to keep that in consideration, and that's why they edge out Edmonton. It's just the 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 talent they have and the upside they have. Edmonton just simply doesn't have. For sure. So that's kind of the difference maker for us. Um, any other prospects you'd like to mention and kind of talk about? Uh, Kale Vaisenin is kind of cool. I, yeah. I enjoy watching him play, uh, especially internationally. He's kind of a 
a wacky massive massive winger uh but he has good puck protection mechanics and decent hands and when when he has his small flashes of dynamism and brilliance Mm -hmm. it brings me joy he's really he's he's fun in those little flashes Mm -hmm. uh but in terms of nhl projection i don't know if he's really worth too much of a mention here yeah i mean either All right, so there you have it. Uh, once again, big, big thanks to Haiti and Sebastian for uh, weighing in, not just on the New York Ranger prospects, but on prospects from all 32 NHL teams. Those guys do a phenomenal job. Make sure to check them out on the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast. And as for right now, going to have my reaction to everything they said. Uh, we will do that in just a second. All right, so let's go ahead talk about uh, everything that we just heard from Haiti and Sebastian of Locked On NHL Prospects. So I think we can start with the fact that they have the Rangers ranked number 25 among the 32 NHL teams in terms of, uh, you know, how good their prospects are and how good their pipeline is. And if I'm being completely honest, you know, I it doesn't shock me that they're that low, but it's difficult for me to come on here and be like, oh, come on, they got to be at least number 21. They got to be at least number 19 because the truth is, I don't know the, you know, complete prospect pool of all 31 of the other NHL teams. Um, So it's difficult for me to know for sure uh, where exactly they should be on that 32 list. The reason 25 doesn't really surprise me, though, is because the Rangers, when you look at their prospects, there's a lot of guys that they seem to feel pretty good about and guys that you could see carving out a role for themselves in the NHL. I don't know how many prospects the Rangers have that you look at right now and you say, man, that guy, he's going to be a superstar. I mean, there's Brent Offman. Now, obviously, I think he does have superstar potential. Uh, and they talked about Offman a little bit uh, in that segment just a second ago. But Offman, you know, he's got obviously the scoring ability, great shot, uh, and he's a wrecking ball out there. I mean, he will clean your clock if he gets the opportunity to do that. So I think he's somebody that could become a star. And I think the guy they just drafted, Gabe Perot, I'd probably put them one and two respectively as far as Ranger prospects with the most upside. Beyond that, though, I mean, you know, you've got a Ryder Korzak. You've got uh, a Will Cooley. They didn't mention Matthew Robertson. You got him as well. Um, you got Bryce McConnell-Barker. I don't know, though, that any of these guys really have that true upside where, man, this guy is going to be a superstar. Now, of course, you never know for sure. We've seen guys get drafted in the sixth round, the seventh round. We've seen guys go undrafted, go on to have uh, solid NHL careers, great NHL careers. Hall of Fame NHL careers. Is there somebody in the Ranger pipeline right now that we're not even thinking of that ends up having a career like that for himself? It's possible. It's also next to impossible to predict. So as far as them ranking the Rangers number 25, again, it's hard for me to know for sure if that's you know exactly where they should be, but it didn't surprise me either. I got no issues with that whatsoever. They talked a little bit about Gabe Perot and mentioned that he was something of a polarizing player. And he was because as they mentioned uh, just a second ago, Yeah, Perot was one of those guys, you look at rankings, there's people that had him in the top 10. Uh, There's people that had him down toward the bottom of the first round. Although I think most people, the majority, the vast majority of the scouts, the reputable scouts that are out there, had Perot going uh, before the Rangers selected him at number 23 overall. And Sebastian mentioned in that segment that he himself was very up and down on Gabe Perot. Uh, you know, watching film on him and just kind of trying to figure out exactly where he should go in the draft, where he deserves to go in the draft. I feel like... With the Rangers, they might have been in a situation where they never really expected Perot to fall to them. And once he did, it was like, okay, let's go ahead and take this guy because the upside is just too tantalizing. That's what I feel like happened with the Rangers here. Obviously, he has a lack of size and skating is something of an issue as well, you know, per these guys on Locked on NHL prospects. But with all that said, 
I think when you've got somebody that has a ton of upside, has put up great numbers, and somebody that a lot of the scouts had going in the top 10, when he drops you all the way down at number 23, I think you pounce, especially when you consider the fact that he is a right winger, and that is the position, as I've long said on here, where the Rangers are at their thinnest, um, is right wing. And they obviously end up taking him here, and uh, I think it's a really nice selection by the Rangers. Uh, you know, number 23 for somebody that was going to go in the top 10, I think overall uh, a nice selection there uh, for our beloved blue shirts. And they were also talking a little bit about Brandon Offman, you know, the ridiculously heavy and accurate shot. I believe that was the exact quote that they used there. Uh, for me, like I said a minute ago, Offman's still the number one prospect for the New York Rangers. I mean, you have to stand back in awe of the numbers that he's put up in the OHL. We saw him get a little cameo with the Rangers during the preseason uh, this past year. I believe it was only two games. Couldn't have been more than like three or four. Um, but, you know, he looked all right. It's hard to gauge a whole lot just from a couple of preseason games. But do we see Brian Offman with the Rangers this upcoming season? I think it's at least possible. He's somebody that can play uh, pretty much any role. If you want to start him on the fourth line, I'm actually okay with that. Uh, let him earn a bigger role as everything unfolds, as everything progresses. And with his physicality, um, you know, he's somebody that, uh, could start on the fourth line and be right at home there. And eventually he works his way up. I don't see him long-term being a fourth line, or eventually I, I think this is somebody that could easily uh, be a top sixer for the Rangers. Uh, they also mentioned Adam Sakura, who the Rangers drafted in the second round last year. He was actually the first selection of the Rangers because they did not have a first rounder last year. Uh, I was aware of the fact that Sakura is somebody that is a strong defensive forward, but um, it was really interesting to me when I saw Haiti uh, mention that he thought that Sakura was maybe the best defensive forward in the NHL draft. It was funny because he said best defensive player initially. And then, you know, they talked about that a little bit and he kind of clarified, no, best defensive forward, which I mean, still that's high praise, obviously, uh, you know, to, to be at the top of that skill set in an entire draft class. Very, very impressive. And yeah, I love the fact that Adam Sakura, when he was asked about his favorite part of playing hockey, uh, as they mentioned, he said penalty killing and blocking shots. And this is somebody that, this isn't like a guy who projects as like a, a grinder and a long shot to make it to the NHL. No, skillful player and somebody that was taken in the second round. Uh, favorite part of the game is penalty killing and blocking shots. So that's really cool. They also mentioned Brett Berard, former fifth rounder by the New York Rangers. What did I say just a couple episodes ago when we were talking about the shoulder check showcase? For anybody who missed it, uh, we did an episode. I got to attend it in Stanford, Connecticut. Shoulder check showcase is a charity event featuring a whole bunch of NHLers, AHLers. I think there were even some college players out there, uh, professional hockey players from all over. And Brett Berard was one of the Rangers who participated in that event. And I mentioned at the time, he just pops up, you know, randomly. He's on the, the World Juniors U.S. team, winning a gold medal there. He shows up at the charity event. And now uh, here are these guys talking about a fifth-round pick for the Rangers, praising him for his intensity. And yeah, I, I'm starting to get the feeling that Brett Berard, uh, we don't know for sure if he's going to stick in the NHL, but I feel like eventually, sooner or later, we're going to see him make uh, his New York Ranger debut. And given his skill set and his work ethic, maybe like a Jesper Foss type player, not necessarily the biggest guy out there, but just a, a you know determined uh, player, somebody that's going to you know play every shift like it's his last. That, that's a phrase that I throw out there every now and then on this podcast. Rangers probably need a couple more guys like that. And I think sooner or later, uh, Brett Berard gets his chance. And the other thing that I wanted to mention here, as far as you know, their comments on the Ranger prospects, they did mention Bryce McConnell-Barker, who the Rangers took in last year's draft, and they expressed some concern that at the center position, Bryce McConnell-Barker, who doesn't have like superstar upside, but you know might end up being a decent NHL regular, they expressed some concern that he is the, the Rangers' top prospect at that position. And I get where they're coming from. It doesn't really bother me that much, though, because... 
yeah, you know, it'd be nice to have a center maybe that has more upside than Bryce McConnell Barker in your pipeline. But look at the Rangers right now. Their top three centers are Mika Zibanejad, Vincent Trocek, and Filipito. And then you probably got Barkley Goodrow uh, centering the fourth line, or he might be on the third line. Nick Bonino centers the fourth line. But regardless, the Rangers have three really, really good centers, uh, and they're all under contract for several seasons going forward. A lot of those guys are signed long-term, uh, very long-term. So... Yeah, it'd be nice to have more prospects there, but I don't think it's something that's a concern as of yet. I do think maybe this upcoming draft or at the very latest, the draft after that, it would behoove the Rangers to draft a couple of centers, uh, get some guys in your pipeline, kind of replenish that position and draft some guys early, first round, second round, whatever it might be, draft a couple of centers. I wouldn't even be opposed to the Rangers drafting uh, you know, two centers in the first two rounds next year or two centers in the first three rounds because they will eventually uh, need to uh, replenish in that area. But right now, I don't think it's too much of a concern. It would bother me more if the Rangers were still in rebuild mode and they just had like no centers, but they have good centers. You know, they have three really good centers on the NHL roster. And like I said, all three of them uh, signed long-term. They also mentioned, you know, no real depth at goalie, but that doesn't really bother me either. Assuming the Rangers We'll have Igor Shesterkin in the fold long-term. You can do what they've been doing the last couple of years here. Igor's obviously your guy. And then you bring in a veteran backup on presumably a one-year deal um, to be just that, be the backup to Igor Shesterkin. So when you've got Igor, you know, I'm not too concerned with a lack of goalie depth in the NHL. Again, that is assuming that the Rangers re-sign him, but I think they will do everything in their power to make that their number one priority. Uh, he will be a UFA uh, after not this upcoming season, but the one after that, I get the feeling the Rangers and Igor will probably sign the dotted line uh, before it comes out. I hope so, at least. Um, but yeah, awesome, awesome job. Uh, cannot thank these guys enough. Once again, make sure to check out the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast to find out more about just prospects from around the NHL, other teams in addition to the Rangers. Uh, I figure we could pretty much call it there for today, though, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, it is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, it's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.